Let's pray. Almighty and eternal God, Heavenly Father, be with us this morning as we explore the glory and majesty of your word. Thank you that you are a good and loving Father who cares for us generously and graciously. May we know your fullness and find peace and hope in you. Through the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen. Do you ever get anxious? I know I do. Does life seem to just overwhelm you at times? Do you sometimes get so worried and anxious that you just grind to a standstill, lost, not knowing what to do or where to turn? You don't know where you can find direction. Calm, peace and clarity elude you. You've exhausted every fibre of your own strength worrying, yet you're no closer to freeing yourself from the anxieties and worries that plague you. Well, this morning's Bible reading... Well, in this morning's Bible reading, we hear Jesus speaking into situations just like these. We hear Jesus giving us comfort, reassurance and instructions on how to deal with worry and anxiety. So what solution does Jesus provide for your worry and anxiety? Well, it's not what the world tells you. It's not looking within to find your inner peace. It's not looking within to find your inner strength. And it's not looking to the strength of this world. No, Jesus reminds us that when we are feeling anxious or worried, we must first and foremost lift our eyes to God the Father in heaven. We must turn away from the turmoil within ourselves. We must turn away from the turmoil of this world. And instead, we must fix our gaze on our Heavenly Father. In this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching the crowds that they don't need to be anxious about their lives. He teaches the crowds that they don't need to be anxious about what they will eat or drink. He teaches the crowds that they don't need to be anxious about what they will wear. And he teaches the crowds and us that, that whenever we are anxious or worried, we must first and foremost look to our Heavenly Father. And why are we to look to the Father? Because when we see the Father clearly, we will understand that we don't need to worry, we don't need to be anxious. When we are confronted by worry and anxiety in our daily lives, we must keep our eyes laser-focused on the character and nature of our Father in heaven. We need to remind our souls that the Father provided for his people in the past and he will provide for us today. For the crowds Jesus was preaching to, the things that were causing them to be anxious were food, drink, clothing and life. But what is it for you? What is causing you to be anxious or worried? Is it where your next meal might come from? Is it your children's education? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Is it finding a place to live? Is it finding enough money to pay the rent or the mortgage? Is it the state of the world or is it something else entirely? When you hear Jesus talking about food, drink and clothing, first we must hear what he is saying in that context, but we can't leave it there. You must also see how this applies to your specific worries and your specific anxieties today. Let's open up our Bibles and work our way through Jesus' teaching. We'll start with the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
are you not of more value than they? So what's the cause of the anxiety Jesus is addressing here? People are worried about their very basic needs. They are worried about what they will eat. And in the time of Jesus, this was real life and death stuff. If you couldn't work or you were crippled or blind, you were at the mercy of the generosity of others. Even if you could work, you generally only earned just enough for the day. There was no wriggle room, no buffer, no rainy day funds. In that time, you would have been constantly worried where your next meal was coming from. The crowds Jesus was preaching to knew exactly what it meant to not know where their next meal might come from. They knew exactly what it meant to not know whether they would go to bed hungry or full. And Jesus says to the crowds that they don't need to be anxious about what they will eat. And why not? Well, because the Father cares for the birds of the sky and feeds them. Birds don't do anything proactive to get their food. They don't sow fields. They don't harvest a crop. They don't store anything up in barns for next season. No, all birds do is peck around and they find food. They're completely reliant on God's provision for their life and it is our Father in heaven who feeds them. Jesus then asks, are you not of more value to the Father than birds? And the answer to this question is a resounding yes. Yes, you are more valuable to the Father than the birds of the sky. After all, the Father did not send his one and only Son to die on a cross for birds. No, he sent his beloved Son to die on a cross for you and for me. Through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, the Father made a way for us to be adopted as his sons. We are the Father's dearly beloved children. We are of far more value than the we are of far more value to the Father than birds. Jesus is teaching us that we can trust the Father to provide for us. We only need to look to how the Father provides for the birds to know that he'll provide for us. Yet, we are so often inclined to not trust that our Father will provide for us. We are so often inclined to blind ourselves to the generosity of the Father. Let's cast our minds back to a story in the Old Testament book of Exodus to see an example of people failing to trust the Father despite all the evidence. So here's the story. Israel had just escaped out of Egypt. God had sent ten miraculous plagues upon Egypt so that a stubborn and hard-hearted Pharaoh would let God's people go. When Pharaoh eventually relented and cast out the Israelites, God miraculously led them through the Red Sea on dry ground and into the wilderness. And what's more, when Pharaoh's army, who were pursuing them, tried to follow the Israelites through the Red Sea, they were swallowed up by the waters. Israel was free, completely free of, of Pharaoh and his army. Now, Israel had just witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle, yet when they got just a little bit hungry, their trust in God seemed to evaporate. When the Israelites got hungry, they grumbled that they had no food. They said things were better back in Egypt. They may have been slaves back in Egypt, but at least there was plenty of food to eat. How short our memories are. And it is into this stunning lack of trust that God quite literally rained bread from heaven. God provided manna and quail, bread and meat, daily for them to eat. Each person gathered as much as he could eat. They ate to full satisfaction. Once again, God provided for his people. However, not even food coming from heaven was enough for the Israelites to fully trust God. You see, the eating of the food came with instructions. One of the key instructions was that the people were to eat to their fill, but they were not to keep any leftovers for tomorrow. They had to trust that God would provide for them daily. 
But some of the people didn't follow God's instructions. They didn't trust that God would provide again for them tomorrow. So they stored up some food, you know, just in case. But God would require that Israel would rely on him and him alone for their daily bread. So the next morning, the food they had stored up grew worms and stank. Israel was showing God's goodness in all its glory. Israel was fed to full satisfaction. Yet even in the face of clear evidence, they didn't trust that God would continue to provide. Jesus is calling us to be different. Jesus is calling us to look at the character of the Father, a Father who saved and fed his people in the wilderness and say, yes, yes, we can trust him to provide for our daily bread. Let's pick up the Sermon on the Mount again from verse 27. Jesus says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? We cannot add a single hour to our lives by being anxious. We can certainly spend hours and hours of our lives, hours that we'll never get back, worrying about how to live just a little longer. But Jesus says we cannot increase our lifespan by worrying, not even by a single hour. Jesus is, Jesus is telling us not to be anxious about how long we will live because the length of our lives is determined by our Heavenly Father alone. We see this clearly a little bit later on in Matthew, at chapter 10, when Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Jesus is teaching us that apart from the will of the Father, not even a sparrow will fall to the ground and die. These sparrows worth just half a penny each will not fall to the ground apart from the Father's will. And Jesus says that you are of more value than many sparrows. Once again, Jesus is teaching us that the Father controls all things. He even controls the lifespan of sparrows. So what can we take from this example? The Father will not allow you to fall to the ground and die apart from his will. There is not a single thing in this world, not even worrying, that can extend your life past what the Father wills. When it is our Father's will, you will be called home to him. No sooner and no later. So let's not spend our lives worrying about how long we will live. Rather, let's spend our lives seeing the Father more clearly and doing his will. Let's continue reading Matthew 6 from verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is to alive, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus is teaching us that we can trust the Father to clothe us. He uses the example of beautiful lilies adorning fields. The fields do absolutely nothing to clothe themselves. They're just a patch of ground that just sits there and quite literally does nothing. And yet, lilies just spring up, and these fields are even more beautifully arrayed than King Solomon. Now, Solomon was the wealthiest of all the past kings of Israel. Solomon was rich, really rich. Think Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg rich. He could buy anything, adorn himself in the very best clothing. We're told that Solomon was so rich that during his reign, silver was as common in Jerusalem as stone. Now, that's some serious wealth. Solomon would have been dressed in the most glorious, 
most beautiful clothes. Dressed in all his regalia and finery, Solomon would have been a sight to behold. Yet this man who had everything imaginable in life was not arrayed in such beauty as fields clothed with lilies. And we're told that it is the father who clothes the grass of the fields with lilies. The father takes an interest in beautifully clothing fields. The father richly cares for the beauty of something as mundane as fields. And with this in mind, Jesus asks, will the father not much more clothe you? Now, this isn't just a hypothetical question Jesus is asking. We can look right back to the opening chapters of the Bible to see the father answering this question. In Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve first sinned, they realised they were naked. They tried to make clothes for themselves. They tried to rely on their own strength. But the best they could manage was a few fig leaves sewn together. And despite Adam and Eve's sin, the Lord God still provided richly for them. The Lord God clothed them. And not with just a few fig leaves sewn together. No, God made for them garments of skin. And let's not understate the importance of what God is doing in this moment. The Lord God, not sparing his own creation, killed the first living creatures to have ever died in order to clothe those made in his image. We can trust the Father to clothe us because he has shown us in his word that he will do so. Let's pick the passage up again at verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own own trouble. As disciples of Jesus, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we need to be different to those around us. We cannot spend our days worrying or being anxious about the things of this world. Our Father in heaven knows exactly what we need and he's shown us that he can and will provide. Our Father knows what we need and will provide better than we, will provide better than we could ever hope to achieve on our own. Look what happened in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and tried to rely on their own strength. They tried the clothes themselves, but the best they could come up with was a few fig leaves sewn together. What did God provide? something better. God provided clothes made from the skins of animals. Or how about the Israelites in the wilderness? What happened when they tried to rely on their own strength? Well, the food they had stored up, in opposition to God's command, grew worms and stank. What did God provide? Fresh, good food every day. When we get anxious or worried, our first response must be to look to the Father. This is what Jesus is teaching us. We must not focus on our own strength within We must not focus on the strength of this world. Rather, we must focus on the Father in heaven. We must focus on a Father who provides for our every need. And we need to remember that our earthly food, drink, clothing and life are just the beginning of what the Father provides for his children, for us. Through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we're given food that satisfies eternally, drink that fully quenches our thirst forever, clothing that covers us with the perfect righteousness of Christ and life everlasting. While earthly food and and earthly clothing are important and our Father in heaven will provide them to us until he calls us home, our true clothes, our true life, our true food and our true drink are found in Jesus. 
Let's read the words of Jesus from John chapter 6, starting at verse 53. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers eaten the fathers ate and died, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus is our true food and our true drink. He is the one who will sustain us forever. Our true food and drink are found in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus and whoever feeds on this drink will live forever. If you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you do not need to worry about how long you will live Because unless Jesus comes back first, you will surely die. But even death cannot rob us of the life Jesus offers. Through Christ, you will rise again and live forever. On the cross, Jesus poured out his life for us. On the cross, Jesus made a way for our souls to be nourished by his body and blood. Through his life, death and resurrection, we are clothed with his righteousness. As we die with Christ and as we are risen with Christ, we gain life everlasting through him. Jesus is our food. Jesus is our drink. Jesus is our clothing. Jesus is our life. We don't need to be anxious for anything because everything of true worth is found in Jesus. We don't need to be anxious for what the future holds because it is held by our Father in heaven. So when we get anxious and worried, let's follow Jesus' teaching and first look to the Father, the Father who provides for his children, the Father who sent his beloved Son to live a perfect life, to die the death we deserve, and to rise again, so that we can enjoy being filled to full satisfaction, so that we can enjoy being clothed in perfect righteousness, so that we can enjoy life with him forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you provide for us in every way. Thank you that you provide for us physically in this world. Thank you that you provide for our souls eternally with food and drink that satisfy eternally. We pray that we would see you more clearly. Father, may your spirit work within us to show us your glory. May we find peace, calm and clarity as we come to know you more and more every day. Amen.